1 Corinthians 16. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income and save it up, so that when I come, no collections have to be made. Then, when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go, also, they will accompany me. After I go through Macedonia, I will come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while, or even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to come now and make only a passing visit. I'm hoping to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear whilst he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord, just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace, so that he may return to me. I am expecting him, along with the brothers. Now about our brother Apollos. I strongly urged him to go to you with the brothers. He was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and everyone who joins in the work and labours at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunus and Achaeus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit, and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. The churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets in their house. All the brothers and sisters here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. If anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be cursed. Come, Lord. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Peter God, and thanks, Jess, for reading that so much. Uh, so, um, this week is, uh, as we heard, is the one-year anniversary of the lockdown, and in fact, uh, half of the last 12 months was spent in total lockdown. The good news is, though, this weekend we can see the news that half the adult population in the UK have received their first jab, uh, and I wonder how you feel right now, a year on in. Do you feel weary and sad, or are you looking forward with bright anticipation to the pub gardens opening, or maybe a little bit of both? But it has been quite a stress test on us and on our lives with God. And I wonder, if you look back on the last year, how your life with Jesus has survived and thrived. How do we grow in faith in such strange and restricted times? So in what might seem a leap of logic, I'm going to talk for a few minutes about money and in particular about giving money away. Now, the reasons for that is that money has an amazing ability to show us where our faith in Christ is at. Uh, Jesus knew it. 
it's so countable, both in amounts and in percentages. Also a reason would be, and, and this is really in my own experience, is that a fresh bout of giving money away is often what's needed to spark faith and love into action again. Because by giving money away, you're announcing, I don't trust in stuff, I trust in Jesus. And that's a really good thing to say. And thirdly, as far as Exeter Network Church is concerned, I want to talk about money and the Whipton Church plant, which is going to happen this summer. I usually speak about money a couple of times a year, but currently I haven't spoken about it for over a year. And so this is a good moment to go for it again. Giving money away and being expansively generous is a very counterintuitive activity, especially in anxious times. And these are anxious times. During volatile times like this, it's really natural to hold on to our money in case we need it down the road. Uh, I don't know if you watched Red Nose Day this week, but uh, this year on the day raised about 75% of what was raised on the day a couple of years ago. It may be that there are a number of factors why that's less this time, uh, but I'm sure anxiety around the current climate is, uh, is one particular factor. The Charities Aid Foundation in 2020 last year, they reported, they said this, as levels of anxiety arose across the country early on in the crisis, in the pandemic, it would seem that there was a general sense of battening down the hatches when it came to charitable giving. Although since that report came out, it turns out the levels of giving money away in the UK remained fairly stable, due mainly to a, a big increase in giving to hospitals and hospices, but other less visible charities and needs lost out. So if you want to know, people in the UK primarily give to animals, children and medical research. And this year, particularly, weirdly, medical research lost out big time. The Beacon Collective, who are a group of people who, who help very wealthy people to give generously, uh, and they, they also gave a report in 2020, and they said this, that one-fifth of wealthy people reported giving less than they planned, highlighting that even among very wealthy people, economic uncertainty does have an impact on giving. Having more money doesn't protect you from anxiety, and in fact, it can often increase it, because as Jesus correctly identified, money is a matter of the heart. And here's just one other natural attitude to giving, which we have in bad times and in good times as well. And that's the mindset that giving money away is for people who have more money than you. So uh, Barclays commissioned a report last year as well. It was called Barriers to Giving. And they were working with 400 multimillionaires. And Barclays said that 75% of these 400 multimillionaires said that they thought that giving was the responsibility of people wealthier than them. Hmm. Well, these are all what you might call natural responses, and particularly natural responses in times of anxiety. And what God is looking from the church, from you and I, in every area of our, of our lives, are supernatural responses. That is, responses empowered by the Holy Spirit. God never asks you to do something that you can accomplish without him. Let me say that again. God never asks you to do something that you can accomplish without him. He always calls us into partnership, and we need God's presence and power for everything that he asks us to do. 
And one of those things is to grow in generosity and to master the power of money in our lives, stewarding it towards what he wants. And we need supernatural power to do that, and especially in uncertain and anxious times like now. So we come to this snippet of the, the end of 1 Corinthians, a letter we're looking at at various points during the year, and this is chapter 16. And uh, if this letter were a pasty, this would be the last bit of crust, but it's still tasty. And the first thing that Paul writes about in this last little snippet is uh, he's asking these Corinthians, who are generally non-Jewish people, uh, to give generously to the church in Jerusalem, who are primarily Jewish people. In fact, he writes about this collection in a bunch of places. And if you read lots of his letters, you can see it popping up here and there. And it's obviously a project that meant a lot to him. And it was a major concern on his third tour around the Mediterranean planting churches. And so uh, just this uh, last, the, the first little bit of this pasty um, reads like this. And he says, now, in verse one, about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. And then when I arrive, I'll give you letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. So he's asking them to do something which is both practical and theological. Uh, on the one hand, a regular setting aside of a sum of money from their income as a response to God's grace as the Lord has prospered them. So he's asking them to make a plan. And at the same time, he's saying that people from different churches, so the Corinthian church, the Galatian church and other churches would carry this, this gift to Jerusalem. This was practical, you know, that they, they didn't have um, bank transfers in those days. They're carrying a lot of dosh with them from all over the Mediterranean to Jerusalem, and they don't want to get robbed, so they go together. But it's also theological. The other churches around the Mediterranean are saying to the Jerusalem church, look, we love you. We love you, and we want to help meet your needs. And Jews and Gentiles are all one in Christ. And this is an expression of thanks and trust in God and of saying uh, and of connecting ourselves, us to you. And so there's some helpful things in this for you and me. So first thing is giving money is a practical spirit empowered activity. So what St. Paul encourages us is to plan our giving, to make a plan and to go for it. And uh, I really encourage you to do that. For Joe and I, our plan is always that we, we tithe, we give 10% or more to Exeter Network Church, and then we give to other, in other directions on top of that, and sometimes spontaneously, sometimes in a planned way. But it's important to ask the Lord for help, ask the Holy Spirit for some spirit, power, and insight, uh, because sometimes the, the Spirit helps us overcome stuff in ourselves around money, and also helps us and gives us insight into planning. And also, it's important to review our giving as we go along. And again, to ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, ask him to help us overcome fear. Uh, ask him to, to help us see how we can maximize what we've been given for this in the service of the kingdom. So giving money is a practical spirit-empowered activity. Second thing we can think about from this is that when you give money, it connects you to the, to the people who receive money. 
It builds relationship. It connects you with your church community. If you give to Network Church, you're investing in the community and you're connecting with the community. If you're giving to a charity, you do the same. Uh, and you, you, you're investing uh, in a group of people who, who you want to know and love, and they in return know and love you. It's part of what St. Paul calls koinonia. It's a Greek word, which means, it's a really beautiful Greek uh, word, which means community where everyone jointly participates. And uh, gifts connect and unite people in love and common purpose. So that's the second thing. And the third thing, uh, which doesn't come specifically from this, from this chapter, but when you read about this collection in different parts of uh, Paul's letters, you can see it. And you can see it in the next letter to the Corinthians in particular, that giving money expresses thanks to God. That giving money is an act of grace, what you might call a charism. It's, a, it's an empowerment from the Holy Spirit that everyone should excel in and it honours the Lord. And so St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, it's not only supplying the needs of Lord's, the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So in volatile times, like now, when we're anxious about what the future holds, it's a concrete way of showing our gratitude to God. It's part of our worship, and it's a way of accessing the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're watching this today and you are part of ENC, and you give to ENC, the, the first thing I want to say is a massive thank you for investing in the life of our community, uh, which enables us to do what we're called to do as a church. Uh, but at this point, if you're part of ENC, I, I want to ask you if you would review your giving to Network this, this week, during this week ahead. And this is the context that I'd love you to really think about. So it's our great delight at ENC to plant churches. That is, new communities of believers who introduce new people to Jesus and change the community around them for good. And that's what St. Paul spent his life doing. And if you read his letters, you can see him going from place to place, planting churches. Planting churches reflects the heart of God because in doing so, we are giving ourselves away and we're trusting that as we do that, God will provide. And when we plant a church, we're obviously planting people. Uh, these people make up the planting team. And these people are our friends. These are people with gifts who have brought their skills and their talents to bear uh, to enhance the life of ENC over the years. And when they go to a church plant, they bring their skills and talents to the church plant. And at the same time, these are people with resources and money who have given regularly to invest in the life of ENC. And when they um, when they plant a church, uh, they start to invest in the life of the new church plant. Now, this summer, as most of you know, Carl and Sarah Robinson will be taking a team of about 20 people to Whipton and Beacon Heath. And we are so thrilled um, about what they're going to do. And we believe that together with the Holy Spirit, they will be bringing heaven to earth in Whipton and see lives and communities changed with, as their vision says, a Jesus house on every street. So as they go at ENC, we'll be raising up gifted people here to step into roles that they vacate. And so we're also looking to raise our regular giving here at ENC as those 20 people represent about £3,000 a month of regular giving. So empowered by the Spirit, 
We want to be practical. We want to connect ourselves to Whipton Parish in love and common purpose. And we want to excel in the grace of giving and give thanks to God. So my question is, for you guys as part of ENC, could you be part of the £3,000 per month increase? Would you think and pray and plan this week with the Holy Spirit? And because we're scattered and we're having to do church in this kind of way, uh, I wonder if you would write to me during uh, this week or the end of the week and tell me what you might do so that we know how, how we're going and so that we can plan. So you might write to me and say, look, John, I'm going to increase my giving by £50 a month. Or if you don't give yet, you might write and say, I'm starting to give regularly to ENC at uh, X pounds per month. Uh, you might write and say, I'm going to give a large one-off donation before the end of the tax year. You might say, I'm going to increase my giving in July when the plant team leave. Uh, or you might write and say, I'm holding my giving steady. Or you might say, I'm going to reduce my giving by this amount because my circumstances have changed. But I wonder, can you help at this time? And I just say, as a church, let's rise up together in general to be a generous community. As we move out of lockdown, uh, it's a really wonderful sign of the presence of God in our city as churches rise up with expansive generosity in very difficult times.